Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Abriana Lopez. All right, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is This Week in Location-Based Marketing. It's episode number 438. And as you can see on your screen, if you're watching the video, that Abriana is not here this week. She's on the road traveling at, uh, and speaking at a conference. And so we are blessed uh, to have Karsten join us uh, from our uh, European team. Uh, happens to be here in Toronto with me this week as well. Um, Karsten, how are you? Oh, great. Thank you very much for having me on this show. And always good to see you. See right, so it's only just two of us away right now. But anyway, uh, also in Toronto, it's an exciting time still for for my family and me to be here. So yeah, thanks for having me at the show again. Yeah, yeah, exciting. Um, so we have a good show uh, lined up for you guys this week. We have uh, four industry news stories, two member news stories. And uh, in the middle, uh, we have some interesting news, new announcements from the LBMA. Karsten will kind of tell us a little bit about that. Uh, maybe a quick recap on uh, what's going on in Europe. Uh, you know, some of the highlights there and, and his experience with Retail Local just the other week. So, uh, I'll, Karsten, I'll, I'll let you kick off our member news with our, our first story. Yeah, great. Perfect. So, first story of the called Nurura, I think it's right, spreading in Germany we were called Neura, which is um, belong to the brain a bit. Yes. So uh, uh, this, uh, this company is producing an app, an um, add-on for a Salesforce marketing cloud. As you know, so many of data sets are in the Salesforce marketing cloud handled. And what they do, so they combine um, um, the LBMA question, the old LBMA question is uh, bring the right message at the right time, at the right place, in the right context to the customer and the potential clients. So what they do, they produced an um, application add-on, application which is using uh, location data behavior insights live and give additional information uh, when to send out a campaign to optimize and uh, think about right timing of uh, um, campaigns in this space. So um, as we always say at the LBMA, uh, it's, it's more about context and uh, relevance. So it's not about reach and uh, uh, highest level of uh, uh, yeah, potential uh, customers you can reach. So anyway, so this is what they do. I think it's a cool add-on. As, as you know, Salesforce, uh, especially Marketing Cloud, is a very valuable tool for marketeers all over the world. A lot of brands and agencies are using it to, to create their campaigns. And I'm always happy to see new developments inside there because very often they use um, yeah, traditional old historical data to produce their campaigns. And uh, this application gives them the ability to, to make it more live, more, more driven on what's happening outside in the, in the world right now. So that's, that's the core of LBMA, so I love to see this. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I, I think for, for me, I, I like these kinds of stories because I think we don't see enough uh, B2B uh, applications like this uh, in the world of location-based marketing and services. You know, obviously there, there are hundreds and hundreds of consumer-facing apps out there, but I'm always excited when I see this kind of integration, these kinds of APIs, these kinds of 
connectors uh, to platforms, especially platforms like Salesforce, because as you said, like it's so widely used around the world. And, you know, we've seen some similar things uh, lately with Adobe Marketing Cloud and, and, and others. Um, but, but I think, you know, from a business perspective, and you think about kind of the primary use case of Salesforce, you know, kind of being your contact CRM, you know, management of, you know, your, your, your opportunities, your sales pipeline, your business development, and so on, but being able to kind of parse that data uh, and build, um, you know, what Nora's talking about here in that um, you can build behavioral profiles and, and, and define audiences that you want to target, you know, from within the, the larger ecosystem of context that you have. Uh, and to do that based on location data, I think is super interesting. So yeah, I, I, you know, I don't have a ton to say about this story other than I think it's really cool. I think it's, it's a valuable addition to the, uh, to the Salesforce, uh, ecosystem. And I think it's something that marketers, if you're using Salesforce, you should be, uh, investigating and playing around. Yeah. So, so one, one thing I will mention on this, it's, it's only just always the first step. So uh, to understand your target group right and make it more, create customized target groups for you, for your campaign. But you know, there are so many data coming into this space right now to make decisions. You are unable to manage it uh, on a human basis. So you have to uh, use some, some uh, machine or artificial intelligence to give you um, maybe an idea what's the right decision for, for, for your questions. First, asking the question, that was one of the topics we had uh, at the Atlanta event also. It's first asking the right question, who you want to address, why you want to address them, and then use the right tools and let, let you help you by uh, automatic um, uh, uh, algorithms, whatever you would call it. So we have these, uh, uh, these things all around. So this is the first step to have more data and have uh, more access to the data. Uh, the second step must be an automated uh, system on this. Yeah, excellent. Um, so the next, uh, moving on to sort of our, our next story now um, is an interesting one in the out of home space, um, a partnership between a company called Do It Outdoors Media uh, and our old friends at Blue Bite, uh, Mikhail, Alex and team uh, over there. And uh, they have partnered up around a technique, a solution uh, that Blue Byte has, has launched in the marketplace. Uh, they call it shadow fencing. Uh, and this is interesting. This is a term, uh, you know, obviously in the location world, we talk a lot about geofencing and, and it's a type of geofence, um, but it's a little bit different than the geofences that we're used to that are, uh, let's call them static, uh, if you will. This is more of a moving mobile, uh, real-time, uh, shifting geofence, dynamic geofence, if you will. Um, and so what it is, is, is that it's it, the focus of this partnership is around mobile billboards. So not, you know, billboards that are sitting in stationary in one place, but billboards that maybe are on top of, you know, vehicles like taxi cabs uh, on, the, on the rooftops of cars and things like that, where, where the, 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 the location of the billboard is changing all the time. And then what they do is using GPS data, they dynamically change the geofence uh, and they serve ads within 200 meters of the mobile billboard in real time to uh, devices that are in proximity of that. Um, and they have a five minute trailing uh, time behind after the vehicle's moved on. It continues to serve ads for five minutes inside of where the vehicle was. 
Um, so that's interesting too, that have this sort of trailing time frame behind it. It's a proprietary technology uh, from Blue Byte uh, that they've developed for this um, kind of mobile out of home space. Really, really interesting um, kind of way to think about uh, targeting in this. Um, and essentially it collects first party data from device IDs uh, that are closest in proximity to these mobile billboards or bus advertising, let's say. Um, and, then, uh, and then basically kind of building that profile and targeting uh, you know, the right ad based on that um, to wherever these people go. Um, you know, so it's not more complicated than that. They've had some really good results uh, in some of the test campaigns they've run. They've done some uh, campaigns for a large wireless uh, operator in the US, one of the big uh, operators there. They ran a trial in Houston and Indianapolis this past fall, uh, seeing click-through rates on the ads delivered over the shadow fence of 0.45% uh, click-through rate, which is pretty good. Uh, for this kind of stuff, um, outperforming many other uh, types of campaigns. They've done a similar campaign for um, uh, beauty brand uh, Ulta um, and seeing uh, similar, uh, very, very uh, successful sort of um, uh, response rates. So they did a campaign around five stores in five different markets, 28% uh, of the total impressions delivered uh, within the geofence. Um, you know, to beauty, uh, you know, enthusiasts or, or, or customers, if you will. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's a different way to think about how we do geofencing in the context of something moving. And I think if I think about this further, um, you know, this could have implications down the road for all sorts of, uh, you know, new and upcoming types of advertising that don't yet exist yet. So what are your thoughts, Carson? Yeah, so we saw this also on the Burger King uh, case in South America, uh, where we used yes. um, the, the new Google API to, to target uh, yeah, a person, a vehicle, or a mobile device, and yes. the Jew fans outside of this and say, start about this trigger point uh, campaign on a, on a digital out-of-home screen or mobile advertising. So it's kind of similar what they did. Um, we see much more coming around the space right now. And it's always good to combine different media channels um, to get the right information um, or service to, uh, to your customer or a potential partner. Uh, so that we will see a lot in the future because Google opened now the API to do this. It's movement, uh, um, geofence, GPS-based and mobile data tracking-based. So we will see a lot of those things coming up in the next uh, months. So I love this. Um, uh, and at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's, there's two parts of the story. One is uh, to analyze the data to see, all right, is it more valuable than before? So can we, can we increase a, a, a click-through rate or something like that? And the other thing, it's, it's a branding um, topic. So if you're now able to deliver those kind of branding at the right time at any media channel, it makes much more sense for you as a marketeer to do this um, as before. So that's two parts of the story. Yeah, I love this. Uh, it's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I guess my last thought on it too is if you think about this idea of, um, you know, just the, the concept of targeting uh, based on a, on a moving object, right? A, a moving advertising platform in this case, you know, they're talking about ads on top of vehicles or on vehicles. But like think about where we're going with self-driving cars and, and, and things like that coming, uh, you know, down the pipeline, you know, the ability to you know have captive audiences because you're not focused on driving a, a vehicle um, and then targeting ads around that becomes even more valuable, right? 
right? So I think uh, there, there's a lot of potential for this type of technology. So. Yeah, absolutely. So I stuck a lot of traffic here in Toronto and here it makes much more sense to have a self-driving vehicle than uh, maybe in Europe on a, on a small street between all the small towns. So yes, absolutely. Uh, this is a development. Uh, I'd love to see this uh, more. Cool. All right. On to our next story. Yes, next story. So a company called Mind Decimal. So it's a foot traffic um, analytics company. So they're focused on uh, measure foot traffic and data in store. So and another company called Inscope, uh, which is a company analyzing smart TV data. So a lot of you guys have smart TVs at home. They're connected to the internet. And what they do is they're collecting data, what you're, what you're watching. So these kind of data um, can be used to um, uh, yeah, optimize and analyze uh, yeah, marketing campaigns on TV. So we have the classical TV advertisements. And so what we now see is uh, those post companies teamed up um, and say, all right, so let's see how many of those people showed up in the store or clicked something on the website to make it more valuable. Also, again, analytics on, on, on advertising uh, to optimize these campaigns. So the combination between TV by using our smart TV data um, and foot traffic data in real physical stores makes it very, very yeah, unique uh, in the first step. And never heard that before. I heard that one of the producers of the TVs did that once. So I think it was Samsung or LG, I'm not remembering the case. But those guys were selling this data and it's two or three years ago. And I remember how we react on this. Oh, the smart TV is watching what we are watching. Is that good or not? I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. And uh, so, but they teamed up right now and combined this data to make it more valuable for the marketeers. They say, right, their, their spendings on TV and traditional TV um, make it more measurable. Uh, I think it's a good idea. Um, I'm not sure how the consumers will react on this. Uh, so for me as a German, you know, <laughs> always a bit scared about it. And uh, yeah, let's see what's happening. So what about, what, what's your, your opinion on this? Yeah, I mean, not a ton to add to this. We've seen a couple of these types of partnerships uh, with TV data over the last couple of years. I know PlaceIQ does a lot in this, yeah. in this area as well. So I think, you know, all of the providers, Ninth Decimal and so on, you know, it makes sense to kind of broaden the, uh, you know, this array of data that you have from different, you know, media platforms, TV being one that's been, uh, I think, uh, not tackled um, with the same amount of, uh, of vigor as some of the others. You know, to your point, though, about, you know, you, I think you're mentioning LG, like, uh, so Inscape, the company that they're teamed up with here, is a division of Vizio, which is a manufacturer of, uh, you know, of, of smart TVs. So it sort of makes sense that, no. that, that they have that data, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting too to be able to contrast. I know one of the things that they're looking at is comparing the effectiveness of TV only campaigns uh, and campaigns that combine TV and digital, right? And and we've seen in the in the world of location based marketing, you know, a lot of kind of the use of, of audio um, uh, watermarking in in TV campaigns and TV commercials. You know, using things like Shazam and and platforms like that, uh, you know, from your mobile device to kind of link content that you see on the on the TV. And I think by pulling information from a smart TV that's already internet uh, connected uh, can be a more effective way um, to get a, a handle on kind of, uh, you know, what people are doing and what the right uh, sort of uh, audience profile is that you can build from that. So obviously it's, 
you know, a smart TV is not for everybody, right? So it, it's, it has its own limiting factors in terms of who the buyer uh, audience is of that type of, uh, of TV versus a standard TV, right? But uh, I think so, increasingly most TVs now, if you're buying a TV, are smart. So Yeah, so I think 90% of that you can buy right now is smart TVs, even in a price range about a couple of hundred dollars. So I'd start with a Netflix button on it, which makes yeah. it very valuable for the uh, user, young target groups so for my, my kids are using this kind of tv to watch netflix only so yeah I, exactly so they're not not jumping into anything else on the traditional tv but they're using netflix on it because there's a button on the on the remote right. control so anyway good yeah exactly so all right um so ninth decimal teaming up with inscape for tv data um going on to our fourth uh industry news story this week a company i came across called Itigo, it's E-A-T-I-G-O. Uh, this is a company based in Thailand, um, and they have a platform that they've launched that matches restaurant deals with uh, consumers uh, nearby. And um, they they uh, operate in uh, Thailand, Singapore, Hong Kong, Philippines, and Malaysia, uh, headquartered uh, in Bangkok. And um, it's an interesting platform. They've been around for a couple of years now. Uh, they're also pushing into India. They have signed a deal there for over 300 restaurants and hotels uh, that they're working with. So they have a, a, you know, a fairly good uh, penetration of some of these markets. Um, and what's really interesting about this is, you know, we've seen obviously over the years, many kind of restaurant location targeting deal platforms and so on. Uh, and this is another one, but it, I, I think it, it's, it's a little bit different in how they go about it. So they are uh, enabling the restaurants to push out offers to uh, based on location and other data to consumers nearby, but the discounts and the offers change based on the time of day, the weather, a number of other factors. So they're combining multiple sets of data. Um, and, and so it doesn't matter, like it could be the same restaurant chain, but you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning, they're sending out a different type of discount than they are at two o'clock in the afternoon and so on, right? Um, based on, on factoring in a whole bunch of different data sets. Um, and so I like that idea of it and also whether it's dinner or it's lunch and so on. So it's not like you're not locked into, you know, here's my one, you know, offer uh, for the day. Um, the other thing that's really interesting, uh, you know, looking at the location data is, they, they pay in particular attention to the distance that people are willing to travel uh, to get this discount. Uh, so how far are you, how far do you live or how far do you work from where this, uh, this restaurant is? So for instance, if uh, a customer could be happy to say uh, to travel uh, one kilometer to get a 50% discount, but maybe not interested at all to get a 50% discount if they live like five kilometers away. Um, you know, and so on, right? So, uh, like, it, it's I think paying attention to those types of details of understanding not just you know who they are, you know, and uh, the time of day and the weather and so on, which is great in itself that they're combining those data sets. I think also looking at you know the distance that people have to travel is is a is an interesting uh, additional factor that I think you know is why they're seeing such good success and take up rates on that. So. Uh, really cool. Uh, if you're in this part of the world and, and uh, uh, you've, you've been playing around with uh, eToGo, I'd love to hear more about kind of your experience with it. So if you're listening, watching this, reach out to us. Uh, I'd love to get a first-hand story about it. So what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, it's great. So um, could that one key finding came out? So travel longer for a bigger discount or something like that. So uh, yeah. distance-based uh, increased discount, is that what it means? If yes, uh, it will be very interesting to see how far somebody will travel to get a 50% discount or a 70% discount if you can uh, make this happen. So that will be great to, to learn more about this. Uh, yeah, I love the idea to, to combine uh, more data. Well, the, the whole show today seems to be a, a bit like data-driven show uh, and analytics side, which I really love. Uh, yes, exactly, I, I like it. So travel more for more discount. There you go. All right, so that's our four uh, industry news stories for this week. Uh, before we jump into the member uh, news stories, I wanted to uh, just have Carson, because he's not on our show every week, kind of give a little bit of a kind of update on kind of what he sees going on in Europe, uh, and then also a chance to announce uh, a big announcement from the LDMA um, uh, about a new program that we have. So over to you, sir. Okay, perfect. So thanks a lot. Uh, Europe, um, yeah, big market, a lot of change in the market right now. We have still the problem with Brexit, so we don't know what that ended up. Um, so a lot of companies, uh, um, yeah, just be a, a bit on hold what they do on the European side, which is good for a national market because a lot of national activities are taking place. One of the biggest we see right now is just uh, the combination between online and offline sales. So this is a 100% location story behind. So those people having physical stores are jumping more and more into online sales, e-commerce things and combining those systems together, which makes it very interesting because uh, they're producing a lot of data in that learning curve. And on the other hand, we see a lot of uh, those e-commerce companies coming into physical stores and asking questions. We talk a lot about well, where's the right place to open a store, how we can do that, what's the right placement in the shelf, with whom we, we can partnering up. So this is the biggest thing right now we see in Central Europe. It's a combination uh, about, uh, yeah, commerce channels and we're not longer talking about commerce channels we are talking about touch points to the consumers so this is a big development and uh, therefore we have a couple of uh, things in Europe with the LBMA we, we, we stick around with so one is our local conference taking place in February in Wiesbaden you know that mm -hmm. uh, this is a big conference a European one uh, for the LBMA we also teamed up with the biggest fair uh, this is also a big announcement here uh, so we are now responsible for um, a fair called Internet World Expo, which is taking place March 10th, 11th in Munich, in the fair of Munich. We're talking about 20,000 visitors, 450 exhibitors. So we are leading all the strategy and uh, development of this show for LBMA members. We have our own area there. It's called POS Connect, so Point of Sale Connect. So everybody uh, who wants to participate uh, will be uh, I will happy to talk about this, uh, how we can make it happen for Central Europe. So this is this is huge, a good development on this side. Yeah, and um, at the end of the day, it's all about just combinate um, the physical and the digital world, as we can, as we saw it earlier in the show with the billboards and the mobile advertisement. So it's not longer just separate channels. It's thinking about touch points and how we can do some things. Um, that's the most uh, yeah the biggest thing right now in Central Europe we see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and, uh, and and we have a new program. And we have a new program. So 
A couple of you guys know that LBMA is focused more and more in education. So for, for us, it's important to educate uh, the market, not only just by producing conferences, shows like this one, sending out white papers. So we are stepping more and more into a learning program. And this is the big announcement from LBMA side. I'm very happy to announce after a couple of months of work here in Canada, that's one of the big projects we did the last month together. Uh, we, we're happy to announce now the LBMA Academy, which is our online learning program. It's a three course based uh, learning program about location based marketing. And all you need for this, doesn't matter if you're working in an agency or in brand or you're brand new to the industry, uh, we educate you first steps with What's going on? What is location-based marketing? What technology is in use for that? What are the terms of it? So it's three courses, each have uh, three levels. So in total, nine levels of education over time, three months. Starting in December next year, so first session, season will start in December 8. Yeah. January. Yeah, January, sorry, that, that's wrong. January, yeah. that wasn't wrong. So anyway, and um, so you, you can click on this uh, on the website. So we have a writer on the international website. It's called LBMA Academy on it. Just click on this. You find all the details, all our experts on this. And yeah, this uh, gives you the opportunity to learn more about this, uh, how it works. And at the end of the day, you get a cool certificate signed by us both. Is that right? So see yes. what's your opinion on this. So thanks for doing yeah, we're super excited. I mean, uh, it's been a long time coming to have, uh, you know, uh, a, an online training program. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of uh, people asking about this over the years. You know, can we provide some sort of uh, education program uh, for them? And so, yeah, we're I, I'm I'm very excited that uh, you know we were able to spend the time the last uh, few months to kind of put together uh, this uh, LBMA Academy and. and and we've got some great instructors uh, who are coming alongside and, and still uh, adding more. Um, so yeah, it's, it's exciting times, lots more to come uh, from the LBMA. Um, and uh, last thing, I guess, from my side, just, um, you know, in, in a conversation about events, um, we have two uh, chapter events coming up. Uh, I didn't want to forget to mention uh, November uh, 20th and 21st. Uh, uh, so just in a couple of weeks in our Australia chapter. Uh, so uh, I think on the 20th, we have the event in Melbourne and then on the 21st in Sydney. Um, so obviously, if you have uh, folks down there uh, in Down Under, um, you know, send them out to, uh, to the LBMA uh, chapter events. There's some great speakers on, on the local panels and such. Um, and uh, yeah, lots going on. But um, we'll shift over to the member uh, news now. Um, and uh, sticking with uh, Australia, uh, speaking of Australia, Karsten, what's, uh, what's our first story there? Yeah, Jean Dutro, our auto foam company and longest member, I think. So that's what I feel like. So they are since the beginning with us. Is that right? Yeah, JC Deco has been, been there for from, yeah, pretty much the beginning. Yeah. Pretty much the beginning, which is, and this is also just to remember it, in October, it's the 10th year anniversary of LBMA. Also. That's right. Yeah. Congratulations also for this. Yes, uh, those guys are doing face tracking now in Australia and down under at a billboard. 
and they, they stick on a camera which um, detect your face. And if you're smiling still, you get a free sample, in this case of yogurt, whatever uh, they want to do with that. But you have to smile to get a free sample. That's the story behind this. And it makes it, yeah, um, more interesting to interact with um, out-of-home media to see and collect data of those people standing in front of this. Um, yeah, interesting thing. Um, on the other hand, I'm, I'm not sure if everybody is smiling in the same way. Some, some guys are looking when they smile angry or not. <laughs> uh, I'm, not I'm not sure on this. And it's uh, also what, what I think it's not for the mass market. It's, it's just um, a promotional thing to win a campaign or all those things. Uh, I like the idea just to make the emotion-based uh, yeah, giveaway thing happen. That's what it is. So show your emotion or, yeah, it's not your real emotion. You're smiling. Okay, that makes, makes you feel better. But, um, yeah, I'd be rewarded by this for for yogurt. I'm not sure if it's working. Maybe we had a couple of those things um, you, know, you had in the show a couple of times. Uh, this was the smoking. So a smoke detector was added to to a digital order for uh, to order for media, and just reacting on this on the campaign side. So we see more and more um, sensors are coming into this uh, yeah out of home. Uh, industry, the advertising industry, to make it uh, yeah more attractive on one side and then the other side to, to collect more data. Yeah, what's your opinion? How how you cool the yogurt in Australia and down under? They have summer now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the face detection stuff is interesting. I think from a technology point of view, we're seeing more and more of this with uh, digital out of home and even in stores, uh, you know, with. Um, shelf-based sensors that do similar kind of detection to understand mood and intention and things like that. So I think from a tech perspective, I like it. This particular application, maybe it's, I guess it's a little bit fun for some people uh, to smile. I think the best part I like about this is if you actually get the, uh, the free yogurt, it's not, uh, they didn't like build in some dispenser that's handing out the yogurt right there. What they're doing is, is issuing a voucher uh, coupon that you can go to a local uh, store and redeem that. So for me, I like that because I think it's, while the, the campaign itself is engaging and interesting and maybe fun, uh, at the end of the day, they're driving traffic uh, for redemption to the actual nearby uh, stores where you can, you can pick up your free yogurt. Um, and obviously if you're going into the store, then you're probably going to buy other things and whatnot. So um, yeah, so they, uh, they're, they're, in this case, they're working with uh, Lion Dairy and Drinks um, and uh, they work with Starcom and a bunch of other, you know, agency stuff to put all this together. But uh, yeah. that that part I really like about. Yeah, absolutely. So great. Yeah. Okay. Our final story. Uh, back over to the U.S. Uh, now, and we're talking about Walmart. Uh, they have made an announcement that uh, for in two thousand of their locations uh, across twenty nine states, uh, they are now extending their pickup service. So you you know have grocery pickup already with Walmart uh, everywhere, as we do here in Canada uh, as well. Uh, but they're expanding the pickup service to now include alcohol purchases. Uh, and this is, again, in 2,000 locations across 29 states, including California, Texas, and Florida. You can go online, select from a variety of wine and beer options, including regional and local brands, and then allow, uh, and then um, 
select your location uh, for, for pickup. Um, and, um, you know, I think this is a natural progression for these kinds of services. I think obviously the, the complicating factor here, why it's, you know, hasn't been done uh, before, um, you know, along with regular grocery pickup is you have to be very careful uh, because it's alcohol purchasing uh, around age restrictions as well as uh, local laws. Uh, some states, for example, have very specific uh, hours on after certain hours you're not allowed to purchase. Uh, alcohol and different kinds of things like that. So being able to manage those sort of dynamics around, uh, you know, the uh, what's allowed in what state and what time of day and, and, you know, what day of week even, like some states, for example, you can't buy alcohol on Sundays, those kinds of things, um, you know, are, are, you know, take a little bit more effort in the, the way you build your e-commerce platforms and, and so on. Um, but I think it's it, it's a logical sort of next step for you know for many folks here. So obviously you have to verify that people are 21 and or older and so on uh, with with photo ID uh, on pickup and things like that. So which obviously you don't have to do for regular groceries. So it, it adds a further complicating factor in how you do that and requires obviously more uh, people uh, engagement at, at that level uh, to do that verification um, and so on. So. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting. I think it's it's a good move uh, for them. Uh, we'll see uh, if other merchants, uh, you know, follow along. Uh, whether Kroger or others will will do the same. Yeah. Well, I think also it could drive the idea of uh, um, yeah picking up points because a lot of people are buying alcohol in the in the grocery stores. And they're not using the online service and the pickup uh, service because they want to add their beer or their wine on their shopping chat. So now maybe you can increase by this um, activity um, the number of um, clients using the system at all because you have no broader um, uh, sortiment to, to offer. So, yeah, uh, interesting to see, well, especially in Europe, so a lot of regulations, uh, are, for example, it's not allowed to buy alcohol after 10 o'clock in a gas station or something like that. So it, there is alcohol available, it's not allowed on, on Sunday after 10 or something like that. So um, a lot of data is jumping into this and make it more complicated and handleable. So anyway, good. Yeah. Um, so that's our show. That's, uh, you know, um, Four industry news stories this week, three, uh, two member news stories, uh, some interesting uh, updates on, on Europe and of course uh, our new academy program. Uh, and, and we have a couple of events coming up in Australia. So um, lots going on at the LBMA as always. Uh, we thank you for listening and watching this week. You've been listening uh, uh, to episode number 438 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. That's a lot of episodes. Um, and of course we'll be back next week. I think Abriana is back next week. Karsten, thank you for joining and uh, filling in this week. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, um, if, if you have story ideas, if you have uh, feedback for us and you're watching the video, contact information is at the end of the show. Uh, and if not, uh, you're just listening. Uh, of course we're easily found on all the social media channels out there. Just look for the LBMA, uh, or find Karsten or myself. Um, we're, we're easily found. So, all right. Thank you. And we'll be back next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.